This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This week, the Clarets are away at Southampton, once again trying to get that first Premier League win on the board. This is the Known and Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week are regular panellists, Rich Steele and Tom Whitaker. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since we've brought you an analysis show, mainly because we're all sad as mad as hell about recent performances on the pitch, but mainly just because we couldn't get our diaries together. But we sucked it up this week and we have lots to talk about. So joining me, Tom, how are you? Well, thanks, Natalie. Nice to be back. I recorded from my long trip down to the south coast on the on the weekend, so looking forward to talking about the game. Absolutely. Well, we'll come to you in a moment. And Rich, welcome back to you too. Didn't make the trip to the south coast, but equally chomping at the bits to rant about Burnley, I expect. Yeah, I was really, really tempted to go, and then unfortunately just financial uh, situations just didn't allow me to on, on this occasion. But no, it's good to be back on the pod. It certainly is. Well, since we last spoke to you, and of course, both of you have been giving um, input into our, into the preview show, which has been gratefully received um, following that result at home to Norwich and also away at City. Um, but since we last spoke to you, the stats on the board aren't really making any more comfortable reading. Clarets have now rocked up nine games with just four points on the board and no Premier League wins as yet. We are still in the relegation zone, three points away from safety. Feels a bit funny talking about safety after only nine games, but we do have to be realistic here where we are. Now, if we continue this form for the rest of the season, that puts us on about 17 points at the end of the season and absolute guaranteed relegation to the Championship. Um, If we start with you, Tom, I think generally speaking, I think, you know, I like to look at where we should have won and where we should have dropped points and what we were expected to get. And I don't actually think four points is that far ahead behind where I thought we would be. I thought we would probably be on about eight by now. Um, In that run of nine games, we've played City, Leicester, Arsenal, Everton and Liverpool. And even taking aside the fact that Arsenal are a bit crap this year, we probably still wouldn't have expected to get three points against them. 
Um, but then on the other side of the coin, we've played Southampton, Norwich, Leeds and Brighton. And I think the Leeds and Brighton and Norwich games, especially the ones where we should really have picked up three points. So I think perhaps we're on four points where we should have been on nine. Do you think that's fair? I think if you've played nine games of the season, irrespective of who you've played, you, you want to have picked up at least one win, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been loads of games where you've said, oh, we've absolutely battered teams and we've deserved to win three or four, and we haven't. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd have thought Brian at home is a game we normally pick points up in. Uh, Norwich at home is obviously Norwich, the, the big yeah. one. I think even if one of these games, you know, we, we wouldn't feel quite as down as we are now. There's other teams above us, you know, uh, Crystal Palace, Saps and Leeds, they've only got one win each. But it just doesn't quite feel as despondent for them as it does for us. Obviously, still set on zero wins. So if we'd have just, you know, held out for that last couple of minutes against Leeds or or just you know, maybe that penalty being given against Norwich or something, you'd be a bit more optimistic. Um, I don't know if... Uh, it's difficult to, to, to do the kind of, oh, we should have X points after these fixtures kind of thing because we've seen quite frequently in the past... We'll, we'll lose games we shouldn't, but then we'll win games. You know, I'm thinking of uh, last season, you know, we've won at Anfield, we've won at Everton, we've won at Arsenal, whereas we've not won at home to Fulham, Brighton or, or West Brom, for example. So you, as long as we can make up these points somewhere else, and, and historically we have done that, then yeah. it, it's perhaps not the best approach to say to be saying, oh, we should get X from Y and all that kind of thing. So I think that's a bad way of looking at things anyway. But as I say, um, whatever your fixtures have been after nine games, you need to have more than four points on the board for sure. So it, it's a disappointment. Yeah, and I think I agree with that. I think what worries me about the, the points allocation is not necessarily that you're quite right, Tom, we'll pick up points somewhere else because we always do. But where you are giving your relegation rivals like Leeds, for example, and definitely Norwich, um, you're missing out on an opportunity to pull away from them. That can be quite um, damaging. Um Rich, producer Matt's just, just raised a really interesting point, actually. He's just sneaking around, he's lurking in our chat box, which is where he tends to lurk. And he's saying, um, if we'd have got one win, one draw, but seven defeats, would you feel better or the same, given that we would be on the same points? That's a good question. Yeah, I have to say, uh, what, you, what you would say is we've been in a lot of these games. So Leeds, for example, we were in that game. Um, Southampton on Saturday could have easily won that, I think, on a, on a different day maybe. Um, and yeah, one win, one draw, and seven defeats gives the impression that you've been uh, you've been paced in a lot of them. So uh, yeah. a lot of people have been talking about the displays being encouraging. So that's, that's probably a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I think probably would prefer to be here with with four draws and five defeats to be honest. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Rich, how do you feel about this? I guess same question to you, but also Tom's just very much highlighted there that we are playing some good football and it's weird that we've not got the results this year. How are you feeling? I'm going to wait until I do my analysis on Southampton. Point to point, it doesn't matter how you get them or where you get them. Yeah, we're close in games, but you could also say that's a worry because... You know, what happens if we do start to play really badly? Where, where does that leave us? True. I've, I'm not going to mention it. I thought we was poor against Southampton. I, and I'm going to put up some evidence to it as well. You know, people are saying, oh, but, you know, it was a, you know we conceded goals throughout individual errors, which we did. But I actually thought the performance as a whole wasn't good, which I'll leave it. But it doesn't matter. No, no, let, let's... No, let's... Take the floor, Rich. Let's start it. We might as well just get into it. Go on. I felt 
I know Tom disagreed with me a little bit. And yes, if you're just looking at the two individual goals, yeah, they're individual areas, one from the set piece, obviously one from Tarkovsky. But at times in that first half, we got absolutely hammered. We had no control of the ball. We were getting broken into. The, the spaces all over the pitch was ridiculous. And, you know, let's be honest, we could have lost 4-5-2. You know, they hit the post. They missed an absolute sitter, which I would have scored. Oh, and I'm playing against middle-aged mm-hmm. maths teachers at the moment. That's about my level that I'm playing at in five-a-side <laughs> footy at work. And then we were looking at it and we're thinking, Southampton's supposed to be a rival of ours, somebody who we could, you know, rel- uh, realistically catch. I thought they were miles above us. If they had Danny Ings playing on Saturday, they'd have scored five against us. So I what? just some research before of my at the moment we look absolutely all over the show. Our defense is completely getting just ran at all the time. So before they, they start, I asked Dave to help me with something on average positions. So I looked at the average positions when we beat you can put this on Twitter after to back up what I say. The average positions against when we beat Palace 1 0 last year. And when we beat Liverpool 1-0 at Anfield, our midfield was sitting a little bit deeper and was defending wider. At the moment, we're really, really narrow. Look at what I've put on the WhatsApp group, Natalie. We're yeah, defending we'll so, so narrow and we're defending so, so high. So what's happening is we're trying to press up the pitch. Once a team beats our press, you've basically got then Cork and Westwood or Brownhill who aren't quick they're chasing shadows and you've got players running at our back four who are really slow. In the past, what we've done is we've built our structure on a low block defensively and it's worked for us. We've seen, Dice has seen to, you know, and it's maybe admirable trying to change the style of play. We're trying to press higher, we're trying to press on the front foot. Every now and again, it's good because we'll win the ball back, but we're conceding too many goals because we're pressing too high, we're pressing too narrow. The amount of space out wide teams have got against us this season is unbelievable. You know, the chances that Southampton created this weekend, the two goals against Brighton come from our left. Leicester, the goal that we conceded with five minutes to go, Westwood and Lowton are in our are pushed up into the opposition half. So it's two balls and Vardy's running in the channel and he skips it, Pat Pope, and he scores. We're not defending properly at the moment. I've done a little, you know... I went on Twitter and after the game, I was emotional and I felt during the game we're too high, we're too narrow and we're not doing what we've been successful. So I've got them average positions and it's proved them. Put them on Twitter afterwards because it's interesting. Our our defensive average positional play against Southampton was shocking. The last 20 minutes, we went back to defending more like a low block and we didn't look like conceding. So this is where I am at the moment. We can say, oh, we've been unlucky here, we've been unlucky here. Yes, it's been the odd game, but when we're defending like we're doing, you're not going to win many games. And then adding that, individual errors, it's a recipe to disaster. And this is the reason, if it stays the same, we're going to get relegated. Because wow. we, we've gone away from our basics. That's yeah, my opinion it, does feel, it. it does feel to me like we've gone away from what we've always done very well. And I, I don't feel like we're us this season. Um, at the beginning of that segment, Tom, 
uh, Rich said that you disagree with me. You had, you had a bit of a, a disagreement with this. What's your counter to that? Do you, is there any of that that you agree with, or do you think there's there's justifiable reasons for some of the, I guess, tactics that Dash and team are adopting? Uh, well, he's not wrong about the the last sort of 15, 20 minutes of the first half. We were getting torn apart, and you could see the gap, the gaps between the midfield and the defence were, were way too big. It was too easy to play around us, too easy to play through us. Um, but the second half of the game, I, I didn't think there was any of that at all. I thought we got the shape right in the second half. There's the mistake from Tarkovsky that cost us the goal early on. After that, I don't think Pokes had anything to do for the whole second half. I thought we had two or three chances in the second half. We were the better team. For me, I thought we were the more likely to, to get a winner. There's definitely been a pattern of that. So um, I've seen that Rich shaking his head at me. Rich is shaking his head. I, I feel like I'm stuck in the middle of you two now. Second <laughs> half, yes, it was a little bit better. But bar corner, we never looked like scoring. That no. first half, Tom, we got absolutely battered. That last, the last, after we scored, really, we had a little spell. Westwood could have scored. He dragged all out of the post. We got hammered. And this is against the team who's, who's only four points above us. This goes back yeah. to who are we going to come above this year? I watched Watford at the weekend. They split Everton open. Split yeah. them open. You know, we won't, we're, we're not doing that to teams. You know, we can sorry, sorry to interrupt, Tom. And you know, maybe it's different when you go the games or when you're watching on telly. I think sometimes when it's on telly, it slows down a little bit. I could honestly, I felt sorry. I'm a fan of Korg. I felt sorry for him. That Diallo was getting the ball from that Romeo had all the time in the world. I think I could have played in his position on Saturday. He was giving it to that Diallo and he was just literally just running past our midfield. Basuma did the same against Brighton. Teams are just bursting through the middle of us. Uh, you know, I don't know if you... I'm, I'm finding it were, like, just really, really frustrating. I, you know, I was saying to my mates who are, you know, Wigan fans at the moment who are doing well, I've disengaged a little bit with football other than Burnley this season. Because to me, we look way past it. We'll play Brighton on... Or we'll play Brentford on Saturday. We may win 1-0. We'll get completely outclassed. And it's not just... There's loads of different factors to it. We'll get completely outclassed on Saturday. I don't think any of us will be particularly too concerned though if we just get that point on the board, though, to be honest. Because I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't but... hide it. No, I agree. It doesn't hide the problems. So, Tom, giving you the floor back again then. I mean, obviously you were relatively happy with the positioning and the formation in that second half, and you did see a big improvement. So moving away from the Saints game then, and I'm not just gonna we're not just gonna obviously just talk about Cornex, we'll come on to that in a minute. But bearing in mind that we're trying to play better football, bearing in mind that we have put in what we think are some better performances, can you put your finger on what's going wrong and how do you summarise why we're just playing, why we're just not getting the results this year? Yeah, I mean, defensively, we're, we're not as good as we have been in the past, for sure. I don't think it's every game. I don't think we're getting pulled apart like this every game, but you can definitely see there's a pattern going back to last season. You know, the, the Southampton away game last year, we were 2 up and we lost 3-2, the same sort of thing. Too easy to counter against Newcastle at home last year, you know, one nil up and cruising, and then just concede the same goal twice. Similar kind of thing. So yeah, it's something that we've got to solve. And and I think probably Rich is right in what he says. It comes down to that, you know, the, the gap, the lines between the midfield and the defence are too the too big. The you know the the players in that midfield. Um, I know Brown was a bit younger, but Westwood and Cork are you know the, yeah three years older than they were three years ago. Stupid thing to say, I know, but it's, that's what the problem is, isn't it? Right they, you know, <laughs> early thirties now. You know, yeah. we're not really. You know, I'm not a big 
Rana's biggest fan to be honest. I don't really see what he brings. Even. I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I think we are lacking a bit of. Uh, we're lacking legs in that engine room is what we're lacking. So, like Richards, if we're trying to play this high line, then then we're vulnerable. Uh, if if teams do figure out and counter us, certainly not disputing that. But uh, like I said, I don't think that was there in the second half. I think we did we did drop deeper. Um, we've obviously got that one to go off in corner. Um, that, that's bailed us out. But, you know, on another day, if Tarkovsky doesn't give that ball away, we, we could win that game, I think. And we did have some chances after, like, Richard, the one that Westwood put just wide, McNeil just over the bar. Uh, Rodriguez had a header near the end as well. Thought he maybe could run a little bit better with. I don't know why he brought Rodriguez on instead of Vidra, by the way, but I'm sure that's beside the point. Um, yeah, you, you're, we're not playing as well as we did two, three years ago, of course, yeah. And, and we've had that vulnerability, like Rich says, the Leicester game. Um, similar kind of thing, you know, like that ball down the sides, Donners, although that's, you know, you could say that's a bad offside track from Taylor as well. Um, you know, I think the, the problem at the minute is really is just, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we haven't been a good team for a, a couple of years now, but, you know, last season we weren't very good. We mm, did grind out some 1-0s, but really the reason that we stayed up last year was because there were three absolutely abysmal teams in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at the minute, as Rich says, you, you can't see three worse than us just currently. So, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, that uh, that's what I'd say in terms of putting your finger on it. It's it's not that we've gone massively backwards. I think we've just got a team that's not been freshened up. It's two years older. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit wiser to what we're trying to do. Yeah, the only answer really is just to, to inject some fresh legs in there. I think so. We'll have to have a I look think, at that for January. Yeah, I think this worries me as well, Rich. I was reading. Um, Daesh's press conference today ahead of the Spurs game tomorrow it's of course the, the cup game tomorrow night at home to Spurs um, and he talks about the mentality being good which I kind of believe in because we do seem to be strong mentally and we do Daesh does this, is, instill that in our players but he said a couple of things which Tom picked up on there which really concerned me and one of them was that we're nearly up to full fitness and we're getting stronger again we're getting a team that's nearly fit and I kind of read that and went, we're getting up to full fitness. We're nine games into a season. Like, how, how is that a thing? How are we talking about we're getting a team that, that's nearly up to full fitness and we're nearly there and we're trying to build something? That, to me, doesn't sit right with this idea that we've got an ageing team of players who half of the team qualified for Europe, what, four years ago, and that hasn't been freshened up. Sit, that worried me. It raised some alarm bells in my head to that. It's like, Dash, what are you trying to do here? You know, there's a few different questions within questions. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go back to last season. I think the whole was when we got players back, we'd, we'd start improving and we did. This season, on the whole, you know, we've pretty had our main core of the play, uh, the main core of our players fit. You know, go, you know, going back to coaching wise, we see them all over the show at the moment. So the managers definitely got to take some blame. I think Carney coming in is our hope. Yeah. I really, I think if he got a long-term injury, we're really struggling. Um, this is this, this this. Listen, what I will say, uh, I seen a scat, uh, a status on Sky Sports News yesterday. Were we're still top of the distances covered? So it's oh, not right. a lack of effort, but, oh, we're wow. right at the, but we're right at the bottom of high-intensity sprints. So we're doing a lot uh, of running okay. about, but we're not. In my opinion, we're really caught in two minds between pressing and sitting back, and at times we're just getting caught out. You know, 
this maybe one of Dice's great greatest strengths of, of his loyalty is his weakness. I'm yeah. watching it at the weekend and I'm going, bloody hell, we're way off it. We are yeah. way in central midfield, we are way off it. We've got a championship central midfield, and it's the most important one of the most important areas of the pitch. I was just watching Southampton. You had Romeo, young Diallo, um, they had that Brozier up front, that Livramento at fullback. They were buzzing around us. They were constantly buzzing. You know, Southampton have got the average youngest squad this season on the whole, and we've got the oldest, and it's showing. Um, you know, four, you know, you mentioned there four years ago we qualified for Europe. Four years is a long, long time in football. Yeah. And the Premier League each year it develops and advances. Teams get better, players get better. I just think because of years of poor recruitment, we're just lagging behind. So, you know, this is where I don't want to be too critical of individual players because they've given so much for this club yeah. and, they're, and they're giving their all. They're just not good enough anymore. You know, we're and that's, not, that's nobody's fault. Not, that just happens. No, you know, you I can't play agree. forever. I fully agree with Tom. I think Brownhill's a trier. And again, he's another nice lads club, isn't he? So you want him to do well, you know, you see him doing what he's doing for the Burnley businesses. But to me, he's the championship player. You know, we've not we've not signed a central midfielder for how, you know, a young central midfielder for how long. Uh, you know, I think we've kind of, we signed a winger in Carne, but I don't think he's going to play out wide for us. He's no. going to play number 10, where I think he can be excellent. Our midfield is very weak. Um, I'm, it's just kind of, I just, to me, watching it against Southampton and Norwich is a real eye opener of how yeah. those get, you know, especially that Norwich game at home, when we needed a must win, we'd have won that. Going 1 0 up against Southampton, we'd have defended and we'd have won. And we've got yeah. two points out of six. You know, and I'm just kind of like, that's where I'm worried as well. In, in games that you think we can really take control of, we're just struggling. You know, and Tom's right, maybe they didn't do a lot second half, but I still think it's alarming that we look second best to a lot of the game, in my opinion. And it's masked by the fact that Corne, got Christ knows how we've got him because he's outstanding. It's masked by the fact that he's got two outstanding goals and they missed some sitters. Yeah, definitely. So, Tom, let's let's move on to the more positive side of this because obviously it does feel a little bit down in the dumps at the moment. And I think that's understandable considering where we are in the league and what's being presented to us. But that shining light is, of course, the introduction of Max Corney, who, quite frankly, we're already Corney FC. For those of you who subscribe to our newsletter that Jamie Smith's team and his team write each week, um, he he titled this week's uh, Corney FC, and I think we're all absolutely fine with that. But it, it, as amazing as he is, it's going to take more than him, clearly, to, to to keep us to survive this season. But just talk us through your analysis of the impact that he's had on our side. Yeah, I think uh, the word that, that springs to mind when you think of it is, is positivity. Like, yeah. on and off the pitch, like, it seems like such a nice... Uh, a nice chap. I've injected a lot into the dressing room. I was reading an interview on the, on the train down with... Uh, Cork saying what a nice lad he is. Um, you know, everyone's you know saying his English isn't the best, but getting on with everybody, making friends, and and on the pitch as well as positivity. You know, it's it's the willingness to. How often do you see someone getting in a good position? You know, twenty yards out and not have a shot or yeah, a brown and trundle a pea cut. You know, a, a daisy cut a ten yard wide. 
it is you know that that second goal was fantastic it's the you know the instinct is to to drive at the goal to shoot you know to attack great header for the first one as well finished it really well uh three goals and he scored left foot right foot header so obviously someone who can uh who can finish in, in a number of different ways and obviously he's a top scorer as well uh and yeah i think you're right he's probably the 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 biggest well definitely the biggest positive we can take at the minute he's a, he's a really good player and he's an upgrade on what we've got and you know exactly what we've just been saying there how many positions have we upgraded in the last couple of years yeah, you know, it's not many. There's not many players that we brought in who were better than what we had, and he, and he clearly is a massive upgrade on what we had. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a reason to be positive. You'd ha- you'd like to think that the more he plays, uh, the more he gets up to speed, then he's only going to get better. And so, I have three goals from his, from three starts so far, and just the the, um, the opportunity to get better there is is, is really encouraging. And it, and you know, it makes you think if we can make these little defensive tweaks, if we improve at the back, if we stop. You know, conceding these goals if we do what we need to do with the midfield, whatever. We've got a player there who could turn, you know, nil-nil draws into one-nil wins with a bit of magic. So, yeah, it really, yeah, just someone who is worth paying money to go and see. Really, yeah, uh, really yes. exciting, entertaining players, and yeah, exciting, entertaining bloke who got yeah, Very, very lucky to have. Definitely, and I've got to thank you, Tom, for your um, your piece of advice to follow him on on Instagram because he is he is amazing and this is such a massive Burnley thing to think and I know that I'm I'm turning into the most stereotypical Burnley fan ever but it's going to be depressing as hell when we get relegated this season and we only get to see him for one season because he gets sold in the summer and I'll be so sad but like no it was like that when we had do you remember when we first got promoted and we had oh what's the name of that Scottish strike we had up from Steve something. Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher, yeah. We only got him for one year because we went straight back down and that was always made me really sad. Um, Rich, obviously, one of the, the issues that we've got at the moment is our strikers are just massively out of form. Chris Wood at the moment looks a little bit out of, out of touch. He seems to be working quite hard, but nothing's really falling for him. Barnes, we've talked about on previous podcasts, is him just not really bringing anything. Um, Jay seems to be to be getting there again but not quite there and for some reason Vidra's just I, I don't even know where to start with Vidra Vidra came on again with the 89th minute which I don't know what Daesh expected him to have and then came out in his press conference again and said oh um Vidra came through the weekend okay well since you brought him on after 89 minutes I should hope he did um but in terms of our striker problem do you what's your solution to that do you have one well, oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, we won last year. I, I got a, a little bit of stick, didn't I, from the No Name Ever podcast panel, um, you know, when I heard news about Wood. And, you know, he, he came good in the end. The, the problem is with Wood, again, Tom might disagree with me now, when he's not scoring and he's play, he's, he's literally useless at the moment. He's, not con- he's hardly contributing. I think the thing with Wood is, and probably the reason why he plays for Burnley is, when he's hot, he's very good. But when yeah. he's not playing well, he's awful. And, but that's like know, us, isn't it? The whole team's like that. Yeah, yeah. But just just basics, like, you know, sometimes you want him to hold the ball up and you're getting beat a little bit easier. But I think if it was me maybe talking about this 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 time last year, I'd be saying drop Wood. But he is the one player, you know, if he gets a goal, he can, he can go on the run. I'd, I'd actually play Carne up front because I think defensively, you know, with the way we want to play, you can't really trust him because he went, he played on the left wing and he was all over the show. 
against Southampton. And I was I was looking at one point and Chris Wood was actually double, doubling up with Livramento because Carney was still up the pitch. Um, so I would actually like play Carney like a number 10, like a floating role. Um, you know, and, and you still pick Wood, don't you? I think for me is, you know, I'd quite like to see Vidra play up front with Carney, maybe just for a game, you know, or something like that. Like Brentford at the weekend, the They'll play with three centre halves. I think Pinnett might have gone off injured, but you've got like Pinnett, Pontus Janssen, Ad Adjur, and that Zanka Jorgensen who played for this field. They're all big lads. They'll try and press us high. We'll not, because we're not good enough to play in midfield, we'll hit the ball long and two centre halves will go up against Wood, we'll lose the ball and, and we'll be chasing it again. If this happens, I want you to put this clip out again. So, <laughs> like. I can just see it now. It's like what happened against Brighton when you played Wooden Barnes up front, or you know, they'll just gobble it up. You know, against like you know, when you're playing a free at the back, wouldn't it be nice to maybe see Vidra and Carney playing? Yeah. Where you can run the channels running behind. So just you know, you can hit it long, but hit it into the channels instead of just straight up. But I think it's a difficult one. Um, he obviously doesn't trust Vidra still when. I think Vidra was a massive, massive part of why we stayed up last year. Yeah, agreed. Um, I just think, Dive, what I would like, you know, just with, with, with strikers, if you if you don't play Wood for a game, it's okay, you know, and, and try something new. And if it doesn't work, bring him off the bench. Because I think that's what will happen on Saturday. They'll press us. We'll not play it out to midfield. We'll hit it long. And Wood will struggle against two defenders, which sometimes, you know, if I'm giving Wood a bit of credit, it's not always easy. You know, you know when defenders double up on you. Um, but you know, we he did win a few flick-ons on on Saturday. You know, you can ultimately argue that he chested the ball down for you know for Vidra. Um, but yeah, just he doesn't look like scoring at the moment, does he at all? No. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I really do like the idea of playing Corny and Vidra. Just even if we just have them both on the pitch at the same time, would be pretty impressive. Um, and it's just it's just entertaining. I mean, we've talked about this before. Burnley don't always play entertaining football. I know some people really like the defensive masterclass that we're putting, and they do like that that style of sport. But a lot of the times, a lot of our football is hard to watch. But you get used to it and you're all right with it when the results come in with it and you just climb up that league and it's like, you know what, I'm all right with this. But when you're playing that football and the results aren't going your way as well, it can be really, really gutting to watch. And I'm I'm genuinely nervous about the game at the weekend because I just think if they absolutely outclass us, we're in just in so much. And mentally, we're talking about mentally being tough. I think that will really damage us as a team and, and it really starts, really starts to worry me. Um Tom, another one, another bright spark though that we've talked about the past couple of games is the uh, performances of Nathan Collins, who seems to have been just getting better and better every single game. Um, there's been a couple of, of question marks about why where he's been playing. I think producer Matt's been, been raising questions about why some have some of the individual errors that Tarky have made have been because he's been having to play on the left. Because and why is that? Is it simply because they are they think Tarky can adapt to the wrong side better than Collins will, who's just finding his feet. He wants to get him used to the right centre-back position when he inherits that from Tarky when he leaves. There's all sorts of things going around now. Um, but do you think that there is an argument here that we drop some of these players that have traditionally done very well for us, that are some perhaps making mistakes 
Tarky, who's making mistakes and possibly has got his head turned to a move to Newcastle. Wood, who's not playing very well. Um, Jack Cork at the moment, who seems to be chasing shadows a little bit. Or even Brownhill, who's not um, really got his head on the game. Uh, Rich has already mentioned Daesh's favouritism there. Is that something that you, would you be that ruthless? question you've got to ask um especially when you look at midfield uh, i've said before i think court westwood and brown are pretty much all the same player uh who do you bring in you know if you drop court you're going to play westwood yeah. and brown none of them are particularly playing that well at the minute in terms of tarkovsky i i, I don't see this at all about like his, his head turned you know if he was going to be like that he'd have you know perhaps stripped his toes out of the pram in the summer or last year when we were starting to west ham or leicester um, Daesh made the point, you know, he gives the ball away. I mean, he's got it on his weaker foot. That's probably a, as a result of playing left side of centre half. I always think he's not quite as good with his feet as he thinks he is. I'd much rather he just smash it 50 yards into the channel like he normally does. He makes the mistake, but it's not as if he stands there with his hands on his hips. He runs all the way back. True. The shot from the lad goes under his knee, you know, he's, and he looked, you know, he looked, uh, you know, annoyed with himself. Um, you know, after the, after the shot had gone in, I wouldn't follow his commitment at all. And he's he's our best defender, so I'd be playing him. I don't, uh, the, the shouts that I've heard about Collins, um, I mean, it looks all right, but we've been talking on the podcast about, oh, we haven't won a game this season and we're conceding a lot of goals. So I don't necessarily True. think that means that, you know, he's, he's he should be, you know, keeping his place. I think, you know, we know how long Femi's been, uh, been playing well. He's the captain. He's been a brilliant servant couple of good games for Collins. I don't think I'd be dropping Ben Mee just yet. I think Tarkovsky, that Tarkovsky, Pope and me axis is, is going to be crucial if we're going to regain some of our defensive stability. So, yeah, personal changes, I don't think are really the answer unless we were going to be bringing better players in in January because I don't think we've we've really got the squad to, to change things around personally. Uh, so I wanted do to we just to go back to that, what, what other mistake has Tarkovsky made this season? Yeah, Isn't that's it? a good point, actually. So, so I picked up that are, comment. From... I don't know if you've taken that comment from somewhere, Natalie. Yeah. To me, that's just, it's such a lazy comment, or Taki wants to go. I hate that. It's nonsense. Yeah. Absolute no, nonsense. No, I agree. So I, me, think, I just... picked that up on social media when I was looking through the things today, because I try and get the voices of all the fans and what they're saying so that we can gauge reaction and try and, and talk about what they're saying. And my timeline on Twitter was just full of people saying another mistake by Tarke is not interested. And that's where I got that from. And I, I admit when I read it, I was a bit like, oh, okay. But obviously Saturdays, we know I made a mistake, but I hadn't, I hadn't had him in my mind as being somebody who'd switched off. So, but enough fans are saying that, that there's some people who do think that that's the case. Well, it's just an easy opinion without any Liz, kind of- yeah. Analysis to back it up. It's just a little easy. You know, what I would say is this season, the central defence hasn't been the reason why we've been conceding the goals. That's my view on it. It's, it's been, you know, it's a difficult one with Collins. I think she's been excellent, but, you know, I probably would still get me back in. Um, you know. Yeah, me too. Our problem is, you know, we're, we're conceding, you know, look at the goals this season. We're conceding goals from out wide. And that yeah. ball going into that channel rather than other than Tarkovsky's mistake. Um, so, listen, everyone's got an opinion to that, but I think that's just nonsense, in my opinion. Sorry, I've just been massively distracted by the chat that Tom's just put in the chat box, which I'm not going to read out because that's just shocking. But yeah, no, I completely agree, Rich. And I think, I think that's right. And I do... It's difficult, really, because 
our analysis show is here to pick up on the feel around the club and what fans are thinking and what they're saying. And I don't want always agree <laughs> with what people are saying. And the talking one is definitely one um, I didn't get. I think I think Pope's looked a little bit unsure of himself this season. That's one of the the fan opinions that I think I probably agree with. Um, but he is just coming back to fitness. I think that knee injury is going to be making um, a bit of a prey on his mind I think there's been some vulnerabilities in Charlie Taylor's performance this season but listen I think Rich makes a really important point there in that we can sit here and we can analyse players and as Tom said we can try and swap them around and see if we can try and change personnel but this is a team that's always played together won together lost together and as much as we don't have a standout well we didn't have a standout superstar until Maxwell came to us we don't have a diva or we don't have a big Grealish-style player in the squad. We never have done. Um, so the, the, the boys, whatever they decide to do, are going to have to sort this out together. So what do we do on Saturday then, Rich? How do we how do we get through this Brighton game? Because I think if we get outclassed by Brighton and get beat heavily at home against a newly promoted side who, as well as they're doing... Um, you know, shouldn't be humiliating an experienced Premier League side like we are. What do we do to stop that happening on Saturday? Against Brentford, are we playing or Brighton? Did I say Brighton? Yeah, twice, yeah. Did I? My God, I'm yeah. going mad. Brentford. It's between <laughs> B's. Brentford, yeah. Brighton. Where? Whoever we're playing too on many, Saturday, I've lost track. Too many Brighton. stops up. Brentford. Um, <laughs> listen, I... I I'm, I'm personally worried about that game. Um, Brentford, you know, I, I think we can get at the back, you know, I think we can get at them if we play on, you know, if, if we're aggressive and, and we're disciplined and, you know, you know, but you watch Brentford play, that second half against Chelsea, they were outstanding, they absolutely hammered them. Um, you know, and they were very, very unlucky not to get anything else from, you know, from that game. So, like I mentioned at the beginning, I would like us just to, you know, go back to just be, you know, sitting a little bit deeper. I think if we try and outpress them, we'll get absolutely mullered because they're, you know they're a very good side at doing that. Um, you know, I'd like to see. I don't even know what team I play. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, but it's it's a it it is a must-win game this this stage of the season. You know, Leeds are our nearest kind of team outside the relegation zone. They've got Norwich at home, um, which we should expect them to win. And then the game after Brentford, we've got Chelsea away. You know, so say if we lose to Brentford, you know, we're going to lose at Chelsea the way they're playing. You know, we could have 11 games and four points. It's not good. It is. We have to win. You know, I think we will get outplayed. I think they're going to have 60, 65% possession. But if we go back to being solid, Gritty, you know, no, no daft mistakes. Covering the dip, you know, covering our areas of the pitch well, like I was mentioning, you know, not defending as narrow, um, you know, and I, I, you know, and, you know, maybe playing on the set pieces. I've seen their goal is out, is out for a while. David, oh, Ray, is so I don't know what their number two is out. I know Ethan Pinnock, who's a real key player for them in central defence, went off on Sunday against Leicester. So I don't know how fit he'll be. Um, so. Yeah, it's a it's a huge game. I think there's got to be a lot of nerves and a, and a and a lot of tension. But I think if we do manage to be solid and nick a one, they'll win. I think it will give us that confidence. Yeah, 
Tom, do you share those concerns or are you more optimistic? We can know which way you're going to go. <laughs> Listen, the way I've heard some people talking about Brentford, I mean, you know, they're a good side. It's better than us at the minute, for sure. They've had a great start, but they're not bloody Barcelona. Oh, do you know what I mean? They're beatable. True. We can't be going into a game at home to Brentford thinking they're not beatable. And if we are going in with that attitude, then, you know, we'll deserve what we get. You know, we've got players that can worry them. We've got players that can hurt them. Um, we've got improved defensively, you know that, but, you know, we've got the players that do it. We know they've done it in the past. I, I do share the sentiment that it does feel like a must-win game because, yeah, like you said, Chelsea the week after, you'd imagine. I think Leeds are away at Norwich, but you still imagine that they'll get three points there because they're absolutely woeful. And, of course, the big miss of Ben Gibson next week as well for Norwich. That's a, a devastating loss for them. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we need to win. <laughs> but then if, if we do win, you know, we're, I think Leeds play on Sunday. So if we do win, we're out of the relegation zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe That's we go then. to a, a drug bill, a drug bill Chelsea, Lukaku less Chelsea, sorry. He's yeah, they're definitely drug bullets. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not had a game all season, has he drug bill. Are they playing um, Brighton as I'll... well or are they playing Brentford? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not just you. So um, I'll give you a little uh, exclusive on Chelsea. So I've been to Bridge twice and we've won both times and I'm going to that one. So you ah, like there we go. Sample Bridge as possible. So, you I'm, know, I'm Brentford. Uh, there you go then, yeah. Well, we can we can have a point after the win then, that's grand. So, oh, yeah, six points in the next two. We're laughing, aren't we? We're, we're thinking about Europe again. So, yeah. Like I say, respect for Brentford. I don't <laughs> want to seem like one of these fans, you know, there'll be people on podcasts up and down this season, I'm sure, that are going, oh, it's Brentford, we'll turn them over. And there's probably a few who've had egg on the faces as well. They're a good side, uh, really good. They're, they're, they're so positive, they've adapted so well to the level. Well, we cannot be going into a Premier League game against a newly promoted side thinking that we can't win it, especially not at home. So I don't think we will, yeah. to be honest. I don't think we will. I think I think we maybe thought that again not against Norwich, not that we couldn't win, but that we were maybe it was the pressure of it being a, a must-win game praying us a little bit. I think maybe that game came a little bit too early in the season for us, um, and we just took our foot off the gas. I think if what Dash is saying is right and this team in the dressing room knows full well the predicament that we're in, I expect us to have a very strong mental attitude going into that game. Um, sticking with you, though, Tom, uh, before we get to the weekend's game, we've got our calling cup. No, it's not calling cup anymore. Do you know what? This has been a podcast that's just full of just typing errors all the way through it. It's calling cup. Who even calls it the calling cup? My God. Carabao Cup um, on Wednesday against Spurs. Um, we do expect the side to be changed. Uh, we do want a cup run, though, and Dash was very positive in his, his press release today talking about how he wants to win and wants a good cup run as well as a good league run. Not sure when he's going to bring the good league run, but we'll we'll try that one. Um, I would absolutely blooming love to see us beat. Uh, really, Newcastle? No, we've already beaten them in the in the we've already beaten Newcastle in the Carling Cup. We're now going to beat Spurs in the Carabao Cup. Oh, my God, it's a good job we don't do bleepers anymore. Um, I would blooming love it if we beat them, Tom. Do you share that enthusiasm, or do you want us out of the cup to concentrate on the league? Which camp do you sit in? I'm quite looking forward to the, the fixture tomorrow because it's the pressure's off to a certain extent with these cup games. I think if you look at how Spurs have treated the cups this year, you look at them in that conference league, you know, they've had some poor results in that against uh, Vitesse the other week. I imagine it will be a similar team that we played that, that, that they played in that game and they were rubbish and they got beat. I think without Kane and Son, especially, they look a completely different team. Um, I think their sort of reserves are, are weak. 
Uh, I don't think the manager's a good fit for the club. So I, I'm sure we'll play a weekend team, but I think they will as well. I think it'll be probably similar to the Newcastle. It might not be uh, you know, classic football, but I think both teams will think they could probably win it. Um, and I could see it going to penalties again. And I think if we do get through, then you know, you're in the quarterfinals. That's about as good a cut run as we've ever had under Dyche, I think. I think that just brings a bit of positivity. You know, you get a home and under your belt. I'm sure there'll be a better crowd on the horse of Rochdale. So, you know, there's more fans in the ground to enjoy it. And it just puts you in a bit more of a positive, you know, mindset going into the, the game on Saturday. So, yeah, I, I don't see that we can't win it. I think uh, Spurs this year are quite beatable. And I think Spurs reserves have shown already in Europe that they are very beatable. So, um, uh, yeah, especially for a, for a Sean Dyche Cup game, I'm reasonably optimistic, I would say. Excellent. And who do you, what changes do you make, uh, Rich, to the, to the squad? And do you share that enthusiasm? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Just to make a point on Tom, I, I thought you would say this. Tottenham actually put a really strong team out in the last Carabao Cup game against Oh, Bulls. did they? Yeah, Kane was playing. Uh, Deli Ali played. Lacelso and Dombele. Um, the Romero, Sanchez. So, they, you know, they have put a stronger team than they've been putting out in the Europa Conference League um, against Wolves anyway in the, in the last game. So, um, go on, Tom. I was going to say, I think I think Kane played because he was coming back to fitness, and I'm not having that Deli Ali or Ndombele is evidence of a strong team. So <laughs> yeah, I very I much hope Deli Ali is playing. That Ndombele is a good player. If, if he was called right, he's one of them. He's good one in The better the players that you've got anyway. So um, I'll take Dale Stevens any day, mate. What? Um, <laughs> tomorrow, I'd play Roberts. Um, if he's fit, to me, you know, Lawton's done okay this season. He's he's done pretty well, but you know, I want to see more pace in the team. Um, I think Mio play. I, I don't know who Mio play with. I think Peters will play. I think Hennessy will play. I think Vidra will start probably with Jay up front. I imagine mm. um, central midfield might as well get someone out the stand. They'd be better than Westwood and Cork and Brownhills in this season. Um, <laughs> Lennon will play. And then probably Goodmanson. So, yeah, I was going to say probably Goodmanson. Yeah. Listen, it's a free hit. It'll be nice to go watching um, a game where you maybe not got the same pressure. And I think Tottenham, you know, I'm playing devil's I, 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 I don't think Kane will play tomorrow, but I'm not sure. At the end of the day for Tottenham, you know, they might as well play a strong team because they're not going to do well in the league. So, you know, they've got a, a game against Burnley to get to a quarter-final. So, I think they'll play a better team than what they've been doing in the Conference League, Europa, Inter-Total, Third Cup, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I think we'll lose um, because that's what we're doing this season. But, listen, let's hope we get a win because if we do get a win and we play well, it puts players' names into the hat for Saturday. And, you know, and it, and it does give us a little bit of confidence. You know, I, I've been really tempted to play a strong team. You know, honestly, the strongest team that you can think of any of for the game because we need to get some momentum. We need to find a yeah. winning formula. Uh, so, I think that's what Dyer should do. I'd actually put my strongest 11 out. You know, we're in the last 16 of a cup. Tottenham are a little bit vulnerable at the moment. And we need to we need to start winning games. So, that's what I would do. Um, but, yeah, and I'd have... Um, yeah, I'd have Albert and Mick who sit behind me, central midfield. 
amen to that well listeners why don't you get in touch with us if you listen to this podcast before the game on Wednesday get in touch and let us know whether you agree with Rich and put out our stronger side um, and basically what you want what you want us to do in the cup do you want us to just to get through it and try and concentrate on the league or do you want to get a little bit of a cup run going I know where I stand I always want a cup run so I am wholeheartedly in favour of a strong side and a win that is all we have time for this week. Um, we are going to all be on turf tomorrow night enjoying that Spurs game. So do get in touch um, and do come and say hello if you see us in the stands. We're a friendly bunch and we usually like to have a chat with our fellow listeners. Um, my thanks as ever go to everyone who contributed to this show and getting it on air. To my colleagues Rich and Tom for being on the show tonight and giving us um, such good analysis, particularly when Rich is in ranty Rich mode, which we do love very much um so yeah it's always it's always entertaining uh, to producer matt for um editing and getting this out there um, it's always much appreciated um, and to you listeners for downloading and listening to this podcast your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you dave and i will be back on friday night with a preview show looking ahead to that brentford game and the rest of the team will be back next week to find out whether we are in the final stages of the caribou cup and whether we have indeed got three points on the table. So join us then. In the meantime, do take care of yourselves. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.